1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a big night of Premiership action. The fallout from Dubai follows Celtic to Livingston where we find out how many of the isolating stars will feature. The Deputy First Minister might not be pleased with Neil Lennon but it's David Martindale he'll have to negotiate tonight and Kilmarnock confirmed they'll look for financial help in the midst of the ongoing pandemic. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Andy Halliday in the studio and Mark Guidi from home. Yes, thanks very much, Gordon. As you say, Livingston against Celtic, massive game tonight. Neil Lennon is back where he wants to be, not in front of the media, not taking on the government. He, as you say, taking on Davy Martindale and trying to get Celtic three points, a much-needed three points for Rangers. It's another free midweek. They've got a few days to prepare for the game against Ross County on Saturday, which I believe is Stephen Gerrard's 150th game in charge of the Ibrox club. And for Kilmarnock, looking for that £1 million cash injection are they going to be the first of many full-time clubs forced to go down that route? We'll wait and see. Yeah, Andy Halliday, it's always good to have midweek football. This is a big game, but with all the all the trimmings and all the fallout that, that's been going on, will these Celtic players just be desperate to get back out there and, and do what they do? Yeah, they'll be itching to get going again, certainly off the back of a couple of poor results. And, you know, they're coming up against a team that are on a, a remarkable run, nine games unbeaten following their, their 1-1 draw at Celtic Park. But... You know, it it be a I think it'd be a good time for Celtic to get back to winning ways and what's been a you know, a two week period and a, a nothing but negative PR. 01419511025 That is the number you need tonight So don't hang around Get in touch with Andy and Mark And let them know what is on your mind If you'd rather tweet that's fine At Clyde SSB But I'm sure we'd all agree We'd like to speak to you on the phone 01419511025 um, It's very difficult to shake off Dubai Given that the isolating players all return tonight And the impact that it's had on the gap at the top So let's try and view it with a with a look forward If you like I'm sure some of you might have lingering thoughts about Was it right to go And Neil Lennon's apology That's fine But, but what about now How many of those isolating players would you expect To come back in the, the, the time off the isolation period Is that too much Or will they be able to hit the ground running What about the points gap What about where Neil Lennon goes from here Where Celtic go from here uh, Let's view it all with uh, trying to look forward 01419511025 um, Mark Guidi it's, it's been quite something the, the last couple of weeks Where does Celtic take this from here? Oh, the, the starting point uh, tonight is to go and get a victory you know, for Celtic uh, and that's what we'll look to do for Neil Lennon and the player I, mean, I think the league's uh, over I don't think there's any doubt about that but they're still proud to play for and they're still securing second place for Neil Lennon he still believes he's the right man for the job so it starts from here for him showing that he's the right man um, for the job but in my own opinion Gordon whether Celtic win 10-0 tonight or lose 10-0 tonight I don't think it really matters it's about what's happening with the football club and Celtic supporters will want to watch their team tonight but they really want to hear from Dermot Desmond they want to hear what the plan is what the, the plan is for the short term and the medium term uh, moving forward. And until there is something from Dermot Desmond, then I think the Celtic fans will remain very, very restless. And with the best will in the world, Mark, you know, people can say, fed up hearing about Dubai, don't want to talk about it anymore. But people were 
are viewing the Celtic game tonight Yes an interesting football match But they want to hear from Neil Lennon again after the match It's the first time you'll hear from him since that press conference on Monday What's he going to say? Is he going to elaborate? Is he going to double down? Is he going to pull back? The Andy Walker factor for instance Let's be honest The television cameras I'm sure Will be very much trained on that situation tonight Whilst he's there uh, in his role uh, for Sky Sports Yeah I mean it was very vocal uh, against um, Andy Walker uh, Been vocal against John Hartson, look, I, you wouldn't expect Neil Lennon to agree with those opinions, but I think when you listen to the opinions, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, I think they're coming from the right place, and if the guys are challenged on them, which they have been, then they'll be able to back them up. But yeah, Neil, Neil Lennon uh, will understandably be disappointed. You know, I think you know, you, unless you've been an old firm manager, we have no idea what like it is. Andy's been an old firm player. But being a manager is 20, 30 times the pressure um, of being a player. So I've heard Gordon Strachan say it, Walter Smith say it, Paul Le Guin say it, Alec McLeish um, say it, Tony Mowbray say it. So Neil Lennon is walking in those shoes just now and it can't be very pleasant from him. On a human side, I absolutely feel for him. I think it must be horrible. But on a footballing side, I totally understand why people are questioning if he's a, the right man to take Celtic forward. Right, Celtic fans, what are you thinking ahead of tonight then? Who should play, who shouldn't play? We're back to the old traditional pre-match questions. Pick your team. What impact does the isolation have on the team? If any, what about Neil Lennon? The gap at the top, where do you go from here? All the usual. And anything else we've missed? 01419511025. Let's hear from you right now. Alison Conroy is at the Tony Macaroni Arena. One of the coldest places on earth tonight, I would imagine, Alison. It is absolutely freezing and it's what, over two hours to kick off. But yeah, game on though, I have to say. The pitch is looking good. Um, the tractor out at the moment brushing the last of the water off it. Obviously lots of snow round about, but I know there was pictures on social media this morning with the pitch completely covered, but it has been cleared and it's dry at the moment here as well. So I would say absolutely game on for this one tonight. Probably changes for both sides, Gordon, as you say, all but one of the self-isolating players for Celtic are back and available for this game. Livingston, of course, will have this Betfred Cup semi-final against St Mirren on Sunday in their minds as well. Could David Martinell make changes with a mind to that game on Sunday as well? Livingston unbeaten in their last three home games against Celtic. And, of course, they had that draw with them at Celtic Park on Saturday. Celtic without a win in the Premiership since the 30th of December. So we, we know they'll be desperate to make amends tonight. I'm just wondering if a 16-year-old Andy Halliday would have been roped in to clear the snow off that pitch in, in a different era. Is that the type of job you would have had to do around those parts? That would have been one of the better jobs, trust me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, back in the days, it was um, it was not too easy being a being a young player coming through, and especially the fact that I was one of the fortunate ones to to, uh, to train with the first team. They made sure they. You kept your feet on the ground and, and hid you in plenty of chores, but uh, trust me, I'd have <laughs> took that over many I'd done. Like what? I mean, see, to be honest, cleaning, cleaning Gary Bowen's boots for a start because he's one of the angriest men in football, so see if there was even a speck of mud on it, you're, you're going to hear for it for the next you know, half an hour. But we used to, I used to get the bus for, for Buchanan Street in the morning uh, and it, it was basically, it was a governed subway into the into the town, bus for Buchanan Street to, to Almondville, run down the stairs and, and the last bus every day was half five. And Gary Bowen would purposely, you know, make you do jobs to about twenty six minutes past five, just knowing that you would be making a late Struggling. dash for that bus. But I uh, know I had some good times at Livingston, and, and they're obviously on a great run just now. They certainly are. Uh, well played to everyone who got that pitch in, in order. It looks like the game will be on tonight, as Alison says. So we want to hear your thoughts on it. Oh one four one nine five one. 
1025 um, Andy from a, a professional footballer's perspective That isolation period Is that enough to make you un, Not unfit is probably the right word But can those Celtic players still be at, at peak condition To come back in and play tonight? Peak condition, maybe not But certainly still fit enough to be available for the game uh, You know, I, I make no apology for sort of uh, Referencing myself just now Obviously we, we're going out Not you no know, kicking a ball for I think it was roughly seven and a half months. You know, I played 120 minutes in a cup semi final two weeks after uh, my first training session. So, no, although the players that um, you know they've they've obviously been self isolating and, and hoping they're all safe and well, I'm sure that that the club had uh, you know supplied them with maybe a. I think there was treadmills. Yeah, so treadmills or is that, a bike is that or whatever. Then can that keep me ticking yeah, over? Yeah, definitely. It's obviously not the same as, as training every day and, and, and getting sharpness in the legs and, and having a kick of the ball, but. I, I certainly feel they should be available for, for the game tonight And what, what, let's be honest Which is still a, still a big game for Celtic Yeah that's the weird thing Mark it's, it's it's massive But because of everything that's gone on It seems like the results in the last two games have been secondary Because people would understandably say Well the reason Celtic dropped points Is because they had half a team missing Some people had the league over anyway For other people that was just confirmation um, but How much real focus is there on, on Getting a win and getting back to winning ways tonight? No, for me, not not a great deal. Like I said, I don't think it matters. Um, obviously, Celtic will want to win and say that they've still got um, second place uh, to play for, which I think will be will be fine. You know, Celtic will get second place just as easily as Rangers will go on to win the league, I think. But it, it's about the bigger picture that the football club... I get the Dubai thing, I get it still rumbling on, Gordon. Um, but for me, it's not important anymore. It happened two weeks ago. Yes, the fallout's still there from, from covid but it's about what happens, what's happening with key positions at the football club, from the chairman to the chief executive to the manager to the head of recruitment to the possibly four or five key players that might want to leave or they want to try and leave in this window. It's massive questions that are dependent on the future of the club that depend on whether supporters want to go and buy a season ticket, whether it's four or five hundred pound seat that you've got or whether it's a, it's a hospitality um, table, but there's there's 30 million, if not more, 30 million quid riding on these key decisions. Not 30 million quid riding on what happens at Livingston tonight. 30 million quid riding on what Dermot Desmond decides to do. So yeah, on that then the the tone which Neil Lennon took, the fact that it differed from Peter Lawwell, the fact that Celtic then chose to not publish any of it on their YouTube channels, social media outlets, whatever it may be. That does any of that reflect on? On the likelihood that Neil Lennon continues as manager, or is is that just small stuff that will that will iron itself out? God, norm, normally, as you know, with football clubs, but particularly you know Celtic and Rangers, that that's what we 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 deal with day in day out. Um, you can kind of you know join the dots, put two and two together, and get four. But with Celtic, I just can't work anything out. Um, just now, was Neil Lennon? You know, urged to do that was was he told by people inside the club go and do it? Is it something that he's done um, entirely off his own back? Was it a, a case of I know that tonight's uh, or Wednesday night's going to be my last game, so I'm going out with all guns blazing? Who knows? Because there's you know there's not been a lot of dialogue other than what what Neil says and what and what Peter Lawwell said last week, and, and Peter Lawwell didn't address any of the issues in terms of, of his own position or the manager's position, um, then we're all still left uh, in limbo. And meanwhile, there's other uh, names swirling about that could become the, the manager to replace Neil. So it's very, very untidy. And let us say there's only one man 
the consultant. And one thing I'll say about Dermot Desmond, Celtic fans, he's an absentee landlord, he's not interested, we never see him. Trust me, Dermot Desmond knows exactly what's going on, and he'll be sitting wherever, just, I don't know where he is now, Dublin, the Bahamas, London, could be anywhere. But he will have his finger on the pulse and things will be happening behind the scenes. But the frustration for the Celtic supporters, they want to hear it publicly. They want to know what's going on with their football club. And right now, they do not have a clue. John's a Celtic fan first up tonight. Hi, John. Hi, Mark, Andy and Gordon. How are you doing? Hope you're well. Oh, good, John. What are you hey. thinking ahead of tonight then? Oh, um, as I say, what will happen, what's going to happen will happen. As Mark says, the night's game doesn't really matter to what the big picture but what I was trying to phone in was Mark I was trying to, uh, a couple of years ago I came on here Mark if you remember and I, I asked you I, I, one of my mates had told me about Stephen Gerrard was going to be the new manager of the Angels but I, I, you'll probably, this is probably more out and open this one is there any truth to the rumour that Eddie Howe has been offered the Celtic job? Uh, I don't know if he's been offered the, the, the Celtic job John um, is he on the radar will he be on the shortlist should Celtic decide to part company with Neil Lennon yes I would imagine uh, that he would be um, but uh, I wouldn't take it for granted I don't know if you're a Celtic supporter or not John but I wouldn't take it for granted if you want Eddie Howe that it's you know because Celtic come calling that he'll take it he's a guy in demand he's got a good reputation and like any manager worth his salt as I said in the programme last week they will only take the Celtic job if it's on their terms if they're allowed to make the key decisions which their job ultimately rests on week on week so um, you know Eddie Howe could be on the list Roy Keane could be on the list anybody could be on the list but they will only take it if the job's right for them and, I'm, and by that I mean it's for guys at that level, it's more than salary. It's not about, you know, what am I earning? It's about the conditions that you have to work in day in, day out. I mean, John, Neil Lennon is obviously still the Celtic manager. I'm not sure we've heard anything to suggest that that's going to change imminently. Do you, are you expecting it to change imminently? Well, well I've just heard, as I said, I came on a cut about three years ago and I asked Mark, if you Mark maybe remember, I asked about Stephen Gerrard because I'd heard. But I, I've just heard a, a, a few rumours that uh, Eddie Howe was, he's been offered the job and he's, he wants to, he's supposed to come in, in the summer but apparently he wanted to come now to, so he could get bedded in for the summer for next season for the Champions League qualifiers and that I was just thought I've heard not I mean but as I say it could just be hearsay but as I say I, I think Eddie Howe would be a good shout but as I say see now I mean don't get me wrong I was one of the guys which a lot is uh, still had bad taste in my mouth about Brendan Rodgers but I think now looking back Brendan Rodgers took us as far as, as the board would let him go and I think that's how even the first time Neil was here I think Neil had more ambitions than the Celtic board although Peter Law has done an amazing job for Celtic but I think the John McGinn transfer You would say Mark Was the beginning of the end For Brendan Rodgers oh, Don't you start on it That's Hugh Keevan's favourite topic I'm going to ban it Just because he brings it up so often uh, Andy Halliday Whether you agree with Neil Lennon or not Whether you agree with Peter Lowell or not And I think we've certainly Kicked the backside out of that And it, and it seems to continue What it has done Is caused people like John to, to look at, at the way Neil Lennon spoke And the fact that it seemed to differ From Peter Lawwell And, and speculate as to, to How long this means That Neil Lennon stays in the job And we'll find out I guess In due course Yeah we will uh, And you know you look, pa- you look back at when When Celtic got put out, uh, out of the cup Against Ross County you know, They sort of gave him to To the start of January And they sort of reassessed it, the, the situation And since You know the start of January Celtic haven't won a game So it's uh, It's been a It's been a Obviously a completely unsettling period for Celtic over the last couple of weeks. There's been a lot of mixed messages and even I know, you know, Neil Lennon was obviously self isolating and hoping hoping he's all safe and well now, but it came five days after Peter Lawwell issued a statement apologising, sort of, you know, almost admitting Celtic's mistakes. So, 
Yeah, it's been it's been a PR disaster at Celtic over the last couple of weeks, and and uh, you know it's periods periods like this where you do feel for the players, and but you know for for a player standpoint, they need to go out tonight and and mm. try and you know put a bit of joy back into into Celtic fans. Andy, what do you mean you feel you feel for the players? How can you feel? For the players with some of the performances that some of them have turned in this season, how can you feel no, for the players? Yeah, no, I d- listen, I don't feel for the players uh, in terms of anything to do with Celtic's results. I, I think I've, I've I've said many a times. I actually, feel that that Neil Lennon's been an, almost unfortunate to carry as much as they can as he has. I mean, in terms of the full Dubai debacle, I feel as if the players are. I mean, it wasn't it's ultimately not their decision to go to Dubai, and I think that they've they've obviously took quite a lot of stick uh, regarding the the trips, the trips players, as I well. They, I don't think I don't think the players have really. Well, you've got a situation where it might be small time, Mark, but you've got someone like I don't know David Turnbull who then has to sit in front of the media and take questions about whether it was right for Celtic to go to Dubai or not, completely out of their comfort zone, completely different. You'd see that side of it. Yeah, well, facing the media is part of your job. If you want to play for a big club like, like Celtic or Rangers, Gordon, as you know, that's that's part. Well, I'm not and saying they don't have to face it, but the questions about whether it was you know morally right or whatever, like that's that's sort of above their pay grade, is it any, not? Anybody. Well, not really, because anybody can ask any question that, that, that they want within reason, and um, you know it's up to the player how they how they answer it. You know, so it's, I, I, no, I don't I don't go in for all that. I, I feel sorry for them because they have to ask uh, questions about Dubai. I, I don't no, I don't buy into that at all. I just I, I just come for the place as well, Mark. That even when I you know I think it was the young boy Welsh done a done an interview. I think it was you know twenty minutes after uh, John Kennedy's interview, and you can just see that. Whether he actually believed in what he said and he didn't really want to go against the message that was coming out of Celtic at the time, I just felt sorry for him in that respect. That's all. But yeah, listen, there's there's been a number of people that have made mistakes, and I, I just felt sorry for the from from a player standpoint regarding regarding that full situation. Right, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Thanks to John. Michael is up next, and it's a great time for you to join in. Breakfast. On the last show, topically, we were giving out presidential pardons. Just looking at this just now, you're such a disgraceful person. <laughs> you're despicable. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a pardon because what else have I got to do? Yes, get in there. Graham, yeah, you are pardoned. Live from Glasgow. Barry at Breakfast. With the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. Clyde One. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Building up to kickoff uh, in Livingston. Livingston against Celtic. A quarter past eight kickoff. What kind of ungodly hour is that for a kickoff uh, in the Scottish Premiership? Not sure I can ever remember many of them but that means our team news will be along a bit later and the good news that gives you more time to get your suggestions in Celtic fans what are you expecting tonight how do you expect the team to look what would you like it to look like obviously the fallout from Dubai continues so how will that impact the team tonight how does it impact the manager where do you go from here let's go to Michael who is a Celtic fan Michael I think the previous Celtic caller said something along the lines of tonight's game didn't really matter to him would you agree with that or does every game matter uh, I agree with Mark Goody. Um, it doesn't matter to me tonight, uh, Gordon. Uh, happy you to all, all the guys, right? Um, I, mean, I said this last year to these guys that Rangers would win the title when it was 13 points clear and there were like, something like 17 goals ahead. Um, and it's turned out that I'm, I'm, I'm right. They're going to win the title, no matter, 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 
to be honest with you guys, I'm also sit here in about uh, the Dubai thing, um, where it, right, and uh, the shooting that went, so that's it, end of. But what what the thing is me is is uh, Neil Lennon should take it on 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 the chin that his 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 team have been poor, the players have been poor. And see with regards to Nicky Hammond, I read about him before he even signed as a scout for Celtic in the recruitment department. And um, basically, he, all the fans back then said that he was no very good uh, uh, scout. Now, I've got a name for this, and he's called Fergal Harkin. And he was a scout at Leicester City when Martin O'Neill was a manager, and Neil Lennon was there also. He's now at Man City. Now, I've read about him the other night there, right? And I think he seems like a good bet. Do you know what? I, it just shows you, Michael, how far things have progressed because you used to get transfer suggestions. We've never had a, a scout suggestion on the show, but that's not to say um, it's not a good one. Something I want to pick up on, Mark, and I'm not saying this is representative of every Celtic fan. There might be loads out there who disagree, but the simple fact that we've got on the 20th of January... Two Celtic fans in a row on saying about a Premiership game, it doesn't really matter. I mean, that 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 is a bigger problem than anything, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it shows you what the Celtic supporters think of the of the club just now. And I agree with them. I've said at the top of the show, whether Celtic won ten nil or lose ten nil, um, it, it's about the key positions at the club and, and what Dermot Desmond plans to do. Now, for all we know, Gordon, there could be a a major plan in place for the next 20, 40, 40 hours, or it might be something that Dermot Desmond reigns along with till May, but, but if you look at Dermot Desmond, when he needs to intervene, and he only intervenes when he feels there's a crisis point, as in he intervened to, to get rid of Ronnie Dyla and, and bring in uh, Brendan Rogers, he intervened to appoint Martin O'Neill instead of Gus uh, Hedink 21 years ago, um, it's at that stage where he will be, uh, has intervened and will continue uh, to in- intervene to do what he thinks is is the best uh, for the football club moving forward. But the, but the frustration is how quickly, um, if he's identified targets for various roles at the club, uh, or just one role, whatever, how quickly he can get them in the door. But the Celtic supporters want to see something because the, I think there's far too many Celtic supporters not content or not enough confidence in some of the people with key roles at the club. Right, I mean, Andy, there, there was probably a time where there would have been a feeling out there, and it was clearly a wrong one because he's still in the job, but there would have been a feeling out there of, oh, you know, if, if Celtic lose tonight or if Celtic drop points tonight, that might be it for Neil Lennon. Are, are we now then, are we now somehow beyond that? Is is the gap so big and that the, the, the situation changed so much that, that the outcome tonight won't really impact Neil Lennon? I mean, it certainly shouldn't be that way. And, uh I mean, who it should mean a lot to is it should mean a lot to the players because I think a lot of the Celtic players will become the realization that they're playing for the future at the club. Um, if you're if you're part of a big club and you're not producing results or you're not not producing individual performance, then ultimately whoever the next manager is going to be or going into the next season if it is still uh, still Neil Lennon, they'll look back at this period of time and realize who's when their number was called to who stood up to be counted for and who let them down. Which is to be honest is why I've been. And, and a lot of us have been have been so impressed with, with David Tumble because he does. He looks as if the one that that ties his foot, put his foot in the ball and take the scu- uh, the game by the scuff and they can try and make a real difference. And uh, I don't think there's been enough Celtic players doing that at the moment. Is there a feeling of limbo uh, around Mark? Because even even on the transfer front, it's the twentieth of January. Celtic have 
arguably got glaring holes in the team that need filled in this January transfer window, and it it feels like there's a, a sense of limbo about everything. Aye, aye, the, 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 there is. Um, Gordon, and just on, on Michael's point in the caller, the, the uh, Ferkel Harkin, isn't it? Is that what you said, Michael? Uh, that's right, Mark. Aye. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm familiar I, with that name. You're right, he's at Man City. I, I have to be honest, I'm not sure that he worked with Martin O'Neill 20 years ago at, at, at least. I don't think he's as old as that, but I'm aware of him. I think he's got a, 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 a background as well in some of the big uh, sportswear films. But yeah, he's been he's been with Man City for a while and he's got good connections um, in football. Um, so I don't know if he's in the running for the head of recruitment or not. The bottom line is Celtic have got somebody in that role just now, but that might be one of the positions that Dermot Desmond um, is, is looking at. But on your point, Gordon, uh, yeah, and that's where... That's where I think the frustration is now. If if, if Dermot Desmond wants to carry on with, with, with Neil Lennon, um, if he thinks okay, we'll go for it, we'll get get second place. If the Scottish Cup takes place this season, then go for that and and win a trophy. Um, if he's got the confidence in Neil Lennon to turn it around for next season, that's up to Dermot Desmond. Then then go for it, but announce it. But if he's not, then I think you need to make the the, the change as quickly as possible because you want to give any new manager. Or Neil Lennon for that point, the chance to now go and rebuild in time for the new season. You know, to try and maybe get a couple at the door this month to bring a couple of new ones in, because what you don't want is trying to get everything done. Um, you know, during a three-week period at, at the end of June, start of July, that's that's really leaving yourself wide open for another calamitous campaign. So, as I say, the key decisions need to be made quickly. And whether the fans agree with them or disagree with them, they'll just need to like it. Um, uh, but. They, they, they want to know what the key decisions are and who's staying on at the club and who's going. All right, Michael, thank you very much. Let's hear a bit from Ryan Christie. He says they need to break Livingston down better than they did at the weekend. He says he's not surprised um, at their strong run of form. says it's always a tough place to go. You know, equally as hard as a challenge as it, as it was at the weekend. And, um, you know, like you said, they're on a great great run of games. Um, and they showed that at the weekend. We found it, you know, pretty difficult to, to break them down. Um, you know, so we know it's going to be much and such the same. Um, you know, we, we go into it need that, knowing that, you know, um, offensively we need to, to be better, hopefully break them down, create more chances. Um, you know, obviously we, we kept the back door shut at the weekend, so hopefully do the same and get on the score sheet and uh, take three points. Over the last couple of seasons, they've they've been very good, obviously, especially at home, whereas this season they've kind of expanded that um, away. You know, the, I know they didn't start too well, but they've definitely picked up now, and um, I think every every club expects that from moments to now. Nobody goes into a game against them expecting an easy game. It's always really tough, especially at their place, so um, obviously that's what we're expecting to. Ryan Christie also insists the pressure's now all on Rangers despite them being 21 points ahead the midfielder says the players are determined to do their talking on the pitch after a turbulent week Our mindset overall as a squad is um, you know, we've, we've said that over the last um, you know, good few years now is kind of to, to do it for ourselves and to do it for each other and um, you know, especially at a big club like Celtic, when when things sometimes aren't going right, there's there's so many people that want to to jump on you and um, you know make everything ten times worse. So the only way you can answer back is is um, as a squad um, and as individuals is to to play well and uh, and win games. So you know, obviously we're we're, we're frustrated and disappointed with with how big the the gap's gone. Um, you know, but in other terms, I think it definitely kind of takes the pressure off us a little bit. You know, all we can do now is just attack every game with full momentum and and go and try and win three points. That's all we can do. And obviously, the the rest of the pressure is on Rangers to to kind of keep up, um, you know, that gap. So, 
Um, like I said, that's what we're looking to do from now to the end of the season, attack every game, hopefully win every game and, and see where it gets us. What sort of pressure comes with being 21 points clear, Andy? <laughs> uh, I, listen, I don't disagree with a lot about Ryan Christie says, but I'm pretty sure that him and his, uh, his, his companions at Celtic are, are still feeling under quite a bit of pressure just now because obviously the Celtic fans out there are not too happy with, with what the team's producing ultimately on the pitch, but from a from a Rangers point of view, they've obviously got you know quite a commanding lead just now and, and quite a commanding cushion. But you know they've had that for a while now and they've uh, they've dealt with that pressure of being top of the table really well. So you know from that side of the city, I think Rangers are, are motoring along nicely. I'd, I actually feel as if their, their performance levels have dropped uh, over the last sort of three, four, five games. But ultimately, for the majority of the season, they've they've not needed to to improve much on it. And just because we've heard from him, so to to mention the. In a more general sense, right, without blaming anyone for Dubai or criticising the the track and trace procedures and all the rest of it as we've seen, for someone like Ryan Christie, he's now had to isolate twice this season. You'll remember he missed the first Celtic Rangers game of the season having been on Scotland duty. He's now had to to sit at home and and watch those really poor results in the last couple of games. So in in a general sense, do we sometimes forget how frustrating this this can be for players who are kind of on the periphery of it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, football players they don't want to miss any game, uh, and especially in such a big season, they'll be disappointed and, and to miss an old forum game as well. But I mean, you know, Celtic were missing 13, 13 players for the you know the previous fixture against Livingston. But listen, Livingston would have took that starting eleven in their own squad any day of the week. So I don't, I don't think that that had any bearing uh, in terms of Livingston going there and getting a positive result because it was still a good Celtic team that was out there, and ultimately they've got the, the 12 first team players back tonight. Uh, will, there be a re- will there be a reaction will there be a different result who knows but to be honest I, I fancy Livingston to get something tonight Willie's in Kirkcaldy what's your point tonight Willie? Um, hiya Hello. Same, uh, good, good greetings to all you all yeah. same to you Willie what's your point this um, evening? well basically I think uh, Neil Lennon rant the other day was bang out the order um, there is no defence no defence he knows the history of Celtic and they shouldn't have went to Dubai. Simple. They should have turned around and went, no, or no going. Because there's nearly 60,000 season tickets hold, right? And they can't get there again. So that's my first point. And, and why he even thought it was a good idea, I don't know. Are the people upstairs pulling the strings? I don't know. And... Uh, my other comment is there's a well, guy. Let's, let's do that first, and then we'll, we'll take your other comment, and we can deal with them separately. Um, Mark Guidi, Monday night, Tuesday night on the show, real, real passionate debates from both sides about whether, broadly, whether Neil Lennon was right to go about it the way he did on Monday. What was your take on it? Hey, I, 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 I don't question he's right as a Celtic manager to to do what he feels. Um, is right um, I think you know one or two of the things that he said I didn't agree with one or two of the things that he said uh, I did uh, agree with and you know some Celtic fan might like to see that passion um, and, and, and see that it's good and they maybe wish that they'd, they'd seen more of it um, on the pitching games um, this season but I, I just thought that, that Neil should have just been just a little bit calmer um, during it all and just put his, his rather than people Looking at the way you know, know his hand gestures and, and and the way he was looking at and his tone, that maybe that maybe um, moved people away from actually what he was saying. So if you actually listen to what he said, a lot of it um, 
makes sense but at the moment it's it's open season on Celtic and some of the, the relative things that he did said uh, I think have been have been overlooked um, yeah but to be fair then fans like Willie and lots of them last night you know people who I'm, I'm sure um, w- would love to sort of to back the manager and, and, and feel that they were, he was speaking on behalf of them and all the rest of it they feel like some of the things didn't make sense or, or some of the things that were said were wrong can you understand that? Aye, absolutely, and I've said that. I didn't agree with everything um, he said, absolutely not. Um, I, you know, first of all, I just don't think Celtic should have gone, and I made that clear um, when, when we were on the show um, two days or three days after they flew out. I said that Wednesday night, Celtic should be in uh, Scotland just now, playing tonight or playing the, the previous night and getting one of their games um, in hand out the way. And even when the full-time whistle went at Ibrox and you end up 19 points behind, not 19 points in front, when you're 19 points behind... I just think, no, you, 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 we shouldn't have uh, gone. What I do agree with him was, and we don't know, but if, you know, but Neil Lennon has assured us uh, that there was no sort of steer or nothing from the government at the last minute to say, listen, you guys should maybe think twice about this, and here's why. Um, so had they put the, put the kind of a seed of doubt in Celtic's minds, then they might, they might have uh, thought twice about it. But my view is on it that that they shouldn't have been there. Uh, Willie, what was your other point? Uh, the other point is there was a caller on before who went tonight's game doesn't matter. Of course it matters. It's still mathematically possible. We should be going out and trying our damnedest to get there. It's 21 points. I. It's not the first time it's been overturned. So this belief that it doesn't matter. No, wrong. I can remember years ago when we'd done St Martin 5-1 in the last game of the season to win the title it's still there go out try your damnedest I don't have the numbers in front of me Mark have we ever had a points gap of this amount overturned from January I, the, the problem with that question um, is that the games in hand maybe sort of muddy things a little bit and maybe we haven't had uh, situations in the past we can we can compare it to but, but Willie's still going for the it's arithmetically possible and it's not over essentially Willie's last comment there was go out and try your damnedest nobody's just putting that of course they should every game they should be trying their damnedest but in the bigger picture in the grand scheme of things I don't think it's it's particularly relevant what happens tonight um, Willie said it's happened before from memory Gordon even if you say Celtic win their three games in hand and, and the points deficit is is 12 um, I uh, and I stand if somebody can correct me if I'm wrong I can't remember a 12-point deficit um, being, being overturned, certainly since we've gone to uh, three points for a win, and that happened maybe about 1994, 95, maybe 96, something like that. So, no, I don't recall um, any team with 14, 15 games to go thrown away a 12-point lead. OK, 01419511025. Thanks, Willie. It's a good time to get involved. We'll get travel with Stephen, and you could be up next. <laughs> 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard During the travel I appear to have put in the wrong set of headphones on And now I can't hear myself so I'll just quickly swap them over Seamless as that uh, We've got Gareth who is a Rangers fan Calling in from air tonight So let's bring him in uh, to the show See what he's got for us Hi Gareth Hi, how you doing? You alright? I'm good, how are you? Yes, not bad good man. I need to apologise to every Rangers supporter in the land just now For taking up some airtime. But I just want to ask a wee question, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, why is it taking a trip to Dubai for this to be the tipping point for the Celtic supporters? This thing has been coming for the last couple of years, ever since Ryan Jack scored that goal at Ibrooks when Steven Gerrard took over. Rangers won their first Old Firm derby at home since uh, since they've had to come back through the leagues. Mm-hmm. Celtic have been mismanaged from the time when John McGinn, dare I say it, never signed for Celtic and Celtic dropped the ball. The arrogance and mismanagement of the club, from their perspective, they were more interested at their AGMs. They slept through... They slept through every AGM, which was more about Rangers than it was about Celtic in some cases, around Rangers' UEFA licence. And they've they've failed to identify Rangers as a credible challenge over the last few years. So why is it that it takes a trip to Dubai and a 21-point lead for them to suddenly realise that the... the, the they're now in a position where they need to. They've actually they've actually given themselves now the trouble of a two and three year um, restructuring and rebuilding program. I'd just like to get the panel's thoughts on that. Mark, it's difficult to speak on behalf of all the Celtic fans, but I assume. But by the way, some of them probably did reach a, a bit of a tipping point before now. Um, and for others, they would point out that since Ryan Jack's goal against Celtic, Celtic have actually done not too badly in that period as well. Mark, can you hear us? Oh, sorry, Gordon. Was that, that, that sorry? Was you, sorry. Um, I, sorry. Uh, I well, I mean, you know, and that's the one thing you've got to say about Neil Lennon. I think he mentioned it uh, himself on, on Monday. You know, there's a guy under severe pressure. Um, you know, it's probably as, as big a pressure as we can call an old firm manager going back to the days of, you know, Pedro uh, Cachinha, um, um That he's won five trophies in a row. You know, and here he is, and you know, some people you know, what what want him out a job, but so yeah, he has he, he he has done well. Um, you know, whether Celtic underestimated Rangers or not, I don't know. Only the people inside Celtic could say that. But you should, but you should always just be concentrating on your own house anyway, regardless of what's going on um, across the road. And I've said consistently on this program all season, Gordon. For me, there were signs of complacency the way the whole goalkeeping situation was handled, and I think you're fed up hearing me saying that. But that, <laughs> but for me, that that was a clear indication that maybe things were being taken for granted because of the way Celtic turned things around uh, post the winter break last season. Um, you look at what what happened to Rangers, what happened to Celtic. Um, so maybe there was some um, in that, but. Um, uh, I, I've, you know, the John McGinn thing. I've, I've, I've made my feelings um, well clear on um, too. Um, I did say that not getting John McGinn would come back to haunt them, and uh, it certainly was a sore one to miss um, out on. But in terms of the original point that that Gareth made, only the people inside Celtic um, could answer that. Gareth. Yeah, I mean, they, do you know what? They've dropped the ball. They've absolutely dropped the ball. We've been listening to here we go ten in a row for the last five or six years. Okay. And and we heard it all last year, you know, they're the best team in Scotland, you know, they've got a credible uh, European record, all this stuff, right? The, the side hasn't changed, the side hasn't changed, right? But all of a sudden yeah, you've had a guy Gareth, on earlier on and he... That, that, Gareth, that, that, what you've said there is all true. That Celtic were to, you know, top of the league, they won the league and they did do well in Europe in terms of their section last season. They topped it, so actually what they're saying last season is true, just as what people are saying this season um, is also true. I, I just I think there's a lot of focus on uh, the demise of Celtic, and uh, you know what, Rangers have, Rangers have made an absolute brilliant run this year, uh, unbeaten domestic, apart from the the, the 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 cup defeat, and and they've 
they're flying the flag for Scotland. And I just think, you know, I've, I've been listening to the phone. I love the phone, and it's brilliant. I'm a, I'm a, uh, an avid listen to, listener to the, the podcast every single day, and it's just been Celtic, Celtic, Celtic. And you know what? Sometimes, you, you know, we need to we need to remember that Rangers have, have put together an incredible run that dates back, you know, uh, decades upon decades. So um, i just like to get that out there. And um, and best of luck, guys, uh, for the rest of the season. It's, it's a great lesson. Gareth, you can join us before before yeah. then, before the end of the season. And to be fair, Gareth, um, Mark, I don't think people would, would doubt that. That's just what rubs salt into these Celtic wins. That, that's what makes the whole thing worse. Yeah. Dubai, is, Dubai is bad, but Dubai is worse if you're 21 points behind because yeah, of how good Rangers have been. Yeah, exactly, and and that's a, a a key point that Gareth makes, and I think one that I made last week or the week before. You know, whatever happens as well, when Rangers get not if when Rangers get over the line, uh, the way Rangers have performed this season, um, and and credit to the Rangers board as well for sticking by Stephen Gerrard because the way things ended, you know, March, April, May, they they, they could have. You know, I don't think too many people have complained if they decided to part company with Stephen Gerrard, but they clearly saw something. I think they've all had a meeting and they've decided in the way forward, and and it's worked. It's worked very well. So one thing that has to happen this season, I'm sure the Rangers supporters and Rangers Football Club will, once it's officially over the line, is is they ought to be congratulated. It's about Rangers, how they've been good, how they've been consistent, how they've been well managed, how they've recruited well how they've performed well is why they will win the league. It's not because Celtic went to uh, Dubai. So that 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 point shouldn't mm. be lost this season. Andy, having been in that dressing room with a number of those players and that management team, will this, um, what's the phrase? I'm not sure if suit them is exactly what I mean, but of course there's pressure. There's always pressure. But there is an almighty sideshow going on at Celtic. Is that is that absolutely fine? Stephen Gerrard happy just to, Keep the head down then and, and work away in the background And maybe not get the headlines That Gareth is is talking about Yeah well I think we've seen that I think we've seen that With Stephen Gerrard this year There's certainly been a different approach With his mannerisms With, with the way he's dealt with the media With the way he's dealt with With being top of the league And uh, and obviously the team and the club uh, Doing ever so well But no, listen, no, Gareth touched on it, Mark touched on it there. When when uh, when Rangers were the team That was was uh, was dominating domestic football In the 90s And they went on their own 9 0 run the team now have actually got more points at this stage of the season than, than any year Rangers did back then so ultimately when Rangers do win the league they've earned it and they've thoroughly deserved it and and uh, I think they've they've got their they've got, they've got their due praise um, both domestically and and you know European level this season and uh, you know they're, they're a team that's motoring along that much that there's actually talk now about could they potentially go unbeaten so I do think that they've got the the praise they utmost deserve and and like I said, when they do eventually lift the lift the silverware, they will, will have deserved it. Slightly changed squad because I had important players like Kamar Roof and Leon Balogun who who've come in and, and made them even better. I wonder if on that that sort of journey, then the last couple of seasons, see at the end towards the end of last season, was there ever a time when when you thought maybe maybe this won't work out? Maybe Steven Gerrard won't eventually get that that piece of silverware or that title. No. But... Listen, people might laugh, but I, I fancied Rangers to win the league last year, and ultimately it never happened. Uh, but I felt as if, with the team in the squad that we had last year, I thought we were progressing. I think, to be honest, I don't think there's been an argument since Stephen Gerrard has came to the club that they've progressed. You know, every year, month, year every year. year since they've been there. But ultimately, the main thing, silverware, and that's eluded them up until now, where it looks as if it's obviously only a matter of time before he does get that that league winners medal at the at the end of the year. But they have improved this year uh, Especially in an attacking sense You look at it last year Out with Alfredo Morelos His 30 odd goals Whatever it was The disparity between him and, and the rest of the squad Was too big 
when his form dipped uh, post January, the rest of the team suffered, and and the rest of the team, you know, form also dipped. But you look at, you know, without um, Alfredo Morelos's goals now, how spread out it is throughout the pitch. So I think that yeah, there's no doubt that they they've improved, but. I do think the signs were there over the last mm. couple of years that the, the, the squad was ever improving. So even in those kind of darker moments, the ones that would spring to mind would be, was it Hamilton Ackies right yep. before the end, before, yep. before we, we locked down? And then was it Tynecastle where he was very open in that press conference after the game and said something about reflecting on his own job, his own position or having a look at himself or something like that? Did you always feel that, that there was a, a a willingness to then you know kind of come back and give it another crack? I can't. I can't actually remember too much the the Tynecastle situation. I remember the Hamilton game. Uh, it came off the back. I can't remember the game, but it came off the back of a poor result the game before. And uh, everybody knows, especially when you're old when you, you know, when you lose a game, the next game's of as mm-hmm. massive importance. You know, to lose uh, at home to Hamilton, with all due respect, in the manner well, that we what, did what as well. What was the feeling last night? Because that must be such a contrast now for the guys who are still there, the taverniers of the world. What was the feeling in the dressing room that night? Was that about as low as, or was that was that a proper low moment? It was arguably the worst performance I've seen uh, during my period at the club. And there's been some bad ones. I hold my hand up. There's certainly been some bad ones, but that night was, it was it was appalling. It really was. And uh, I think deservedly so as well. The you know the atmosphere, the atmosphere within the stadium really turned on as that night because ultimately, well, there was there'd been too many periods and too many times we were letting the club down, but the performance that night was was that poor that uh, ultimately it was a reflection on how the team was performing post January and 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 that's why they were ended up too many points behind Celtic that season. But like I said, I do feel as if the squad's been ever progressing. Uh, you know, you look at what they've done uh, in Europe over the last couple of seasons. I think it was only a matter of time before they found that consistency mm. in the league and, and they've managed to do that this year. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish football. Right, we're just readjusting our body clock slightly because usually on a midweek game we've got the team news by now, but this is a quarter past eight kickoff in Livingston tonight, so we will bring you the Celtic team very soon and we're going to play Beat the Pundit. 0141 951 1025. Your chance to win a signed ball, but only if you get past Andy Halliday or Mark Guidi. Lines close at seven, so be quick. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi are here We must be very close to the Celtic team getting announced So stay tuned for that one I'm sure it will be of great interest And give us your thoughts on it once you hear it uh, Pick up the phone and let us know 01419511025 uh, It's time for this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football uh, it is Beat the Pundit time I'm going to have that Celtic team for you As soon as Beat the Pundit is fit In fact, you know what? let's just do it now In the interest of getting out there quickly Let's speak to Alison Conroy with that Celtic team Yeah, got the Celtic team Changes as we would expect All those players coming back But there is no Odson Edward tonight He's not in the starting 11 He's not on the bench for this one either. So it will be Vasilius Barkas in goal. It will be Taylor, Duffy, Beaton, Griffiths, Sorrow, Turnbull, Christie, Ilianusi, Ayer and McGregor. Your Celtic bench tonight will be Bain, Brown, Ayeti, Klamala, Rogic, Johnson, Frimpong, Welsh and Laxalt. So most of the players are back but no Odson Edward for Celtic tonight. Celtic fans, what do you make of that? 0141 951 1025. Loads of changes. The big one though is that there's no 
Edward anywhere within that Celtic squad uh, this evening. But the likes of Christy Elianusi, Ayer, uh, Griffiths, um, Barkas all coming back into the starting 11 and a different looking bench as well. What do you make of it? Let us know. We'll play Beat the Pundit first. Um, John is on the line from Kent. How's it going, John? Not too bad. Yourself? Not bad at all. Are you feeling confident? Have you ever played before, John, or have you just been listening at home? I've just been listening right. uh, Mark Guidi I don't know if you know this right But someone A man who goes by the name of um, Black Arthur Which is <laughs> A private joke from the show That I can't be bothered explaining again But if you heard it You'll know what I mean um, He set up a Twitter account Keeping an eye on The results from you guys This season So Wilson oh, right. Wilson Halliday Ray And Guidi Are the only four With a 100% record In 2021 Now You've only played once And so is Andy But I just Is that a wee wee bit of pride Do you want to keep that intact? Uh, That that would be That would be uh, That would be great I think I've lost once or twice uh, This season Gordon So uh, This is is yearly You're fine 2021 Halliday takes it seriously Halliday's been taking it seriously He's been Bugging the life at me During the break To be honest Asking about when he lost And and whatever else In previous uh, performances So let's Oh, you've never lost. Sorry, sorry. Right, we'll get out of there. Uh, heads, it will be Mark Guidi up against John, and tails, it will be Andy Halliday. Oh, his tails again. He was also complaining that he has to play every time he's in here. So, I'm going to give you some Clyde Two to listen to. Right, he's giving us the thumbs up, John. I know you've never played before, but it's very simple. Thirty seconds. Answer as many questions right as you can, and if you don't know it, pass quickly, and we will move on to the next question. Okay. No problem Good man John Your 30 seconds Starts Now Who was the last Celtics The last side Celtic Lost to In a League Cup final Rangers How many games Have Rangers drawn This season in the league uh, Three Who was saved From Premiership relegation In 03 Because Falkirk's ground Didn't meet the criteria Pass Which then Ross County player Finished Premiership top scorer In the 16-17 season Pass. Jackson Longridge rejoined Livingston from which English team? Pass. What was the score between Leicester and Chelsea last night? 2 0 for Leicester. Okay, let's bring Andy back. Andy, can you hear us? Yep. Same set of questions to you. 30 seconds on the clock, and your time starts now. Who was the last side Celtic lost to in a League Cup final? Inverness. How many games have Rangers drawn in the league this Three. season? Who was saved from Premiership relegation in 03 Because Falkirk's ground didn't meet the criteria Motherwell Which then Ross County player finished the Premiership's top scorer in 16-17 Jackson Longridge has rejoined Livingston from which English team? Bradford Who, What was the score between Leicester and Chelsea last night? 2-0 Who is the only player to play for Celtic and play in La Liga? Oliver Butt Okay, okay, okay John and Kent, how do you think that went? I think Andy done well To be honest Do you know what I thought I'm going to hang Producer Chris out to dry I don't know why He made the question So long tonight I thought we were Struggling <laughs> to get through So many They were very wordy Producer the first, Chris The first Two of the first three Were tough and it, well, Do you know what I'll Talk about the uh, The old deflection He's just buzzed in my ear And said he didn't write them Someone else oh, wrote them tonight yeah. so I, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it Eventually But they were very long Whoever it was um, I tried my best To go through them quickly What was the last side Celtic lost to In a League Cup final It was Kilmarnock uh, And for this was the semis as well I realised after that, I said And I think that was The Scottish Cup as well oh, So well, there that, you go <laughs> It doesn't matter You were both wrong How many games have Rangers Drawn in the league this season Motherwell, Hibs, Livingston It's three You both got it uh, who was saved from Premiership relegation in 2003 Because Falkirk's ground didn't meet stadium criteria It was Motherwell Andy moves 2-1 in front 
Um, which then Ross County player Finished top scorer in 16-17 It was Liam Boyce I mean a, a current teammate of Andy's John I feel like taking that one yeah, off him I feel like that's a bit easy um, He's two in front Oh and by the way This is a stitch up for Haldy Former Bradford player Oh come on now Come on So that means I know that every player They've had over you, the last you, 10 years you, you and Jackson are best mates You're no, tied together no. by the Bradford <laughs> connection uh, He got that one as well You both knew Leicester um, 2-0 and Andy was the only one who got to question seven. The only player to play for Celtic and La Liga was Ollie Burke. So one, two, three, four, five, six for Andy. It was a two for you, John. Do you know what? Even if I take the two off, I'll take the Boyce one off him. I'll take the Bradford one off him. But it, it wouldn't have been enough. Hard lines. No, he done well. He must be practising. Nah, yes, I think he has, John. Good uh, man. <laughs> that oh, was good, John. John in Kent on Beat the Pundit. Your chance tomorrow night. Be honest. How did you know Ollie Burke in La Liga? Because the, the Super School board Was it two weeks ago? That <laughs> uh, Was it the five players That have played in Scotland In La Liga? Because I know that you heard that teaser And you were complaining And I said that it, was it was the worst question You've ever had and, But I knew it had, to, it had Aye, planted a seed There we did. go He's not bad at this by the way Mark Guidi uh, he, He's good I have to say I didn't get the only The only Burke one I had uh, I had Mark Krosas Written Ooh, down. I'm just, I'm just checking to see if Mark Krosas. That's what I thought. Double checking. Yeah, whoever. It's more the Barca B team, but I, just, I might be wrong. But I suspect. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. Well, he's got a future in the beat the pundit game. That that Halliday's 100 percent record in 2021 goes on. Oh, he's good. He knows yeah, his stuff. Yeah, he's he's not good. I've got to be honest. Motherwell was a guess. Was it? So, it was a guess. I was, was, I was a impressed with that. One. I was very impressed with that. No, I that remember a, that. That was a guess. Um, in 2003. Nervy moment, I must admit. Uh, right, Alison, do you have the Livingston team for us? Yes, I do have the Livingston team. I have just been handed a team sheet. So it will be McCrory in goal, Jack Fitzwater is back, John Guthrie, Jack McMillan, Kieran Brown, Steve Lawson, Manuel Thomas, Scott Pittman, Alan Forrest, Julian Serrano, and. Jack Hamilton on the bench, Melee, Kabia, Mullen, Devlin, Taylor Sinclair, Robinson, Riley, Sibold. So quite a few changes for Livingston as well as we thought might happen with that semi-final in mind on Sunday. Uh, that's another thing that perhaps has maybe been overlooked by some, Andy, is just how good Livy have been. You know, the weekend, a lot of the focus naturally goes to the fact, well, you know, Celtic were missing players and how much more difficult does that make your task but Livy are absolutely flying and I'd imagine they feel even more confident given that it's at home uh, Remarkable uh, I, I'd be amazed if there's been a period of time in, in Livingston's history that they've ever went that many games unbeaten especially in the SPL I don't think there's there's any chance that's ever happened and uh, you know, they, they deserve all the credit they've they've received they've been they've, they've been excellent and, and even look at their team you know a couple of players that they've had in the that have really stood out for them over that unbeaten run Scott Robinson Josh Mullen both of them aren't playing so they've obviously got strength and depth there they've, they've strengthened a couple of new players and Jackson Longridge my new best mate mm-hmm, uh, yep. so listen they, they, they deserve all the points they're going to get and and like I said I, I fancy them to get something tonight uh, Yeah Mark what do you make of that Celtic starting 11 we knew that Julian would be missing because he was the first positive case Celtic obviously confirming a second uh, anonymous positive case There's no Odson Edward Anywhere in the squad tonight But there's also no Olivier and Cham Anywhere in the squad tonight either yep. What do you make uh, of the I've missed a couple of names uh, Gordon I, I think if we got uh, Ayer, Duffy, Beaton And, and Taylor, and, uh, Taylor yep. at, at the back I've got Griffiths up top And I've got McGregor Christine Elenusu who's, who's the other S- two? Sorrow So Sorrow's in midfield And Sorrow. Turnbull Turnbull yep. Yeah I mean that's a strong 
lineup. That's the stronger lineup with a Celtic have got um, just now. Albeit you, you know you would have Edward in, in, the, in the starting position, but apart from that, that's a uh, fairly strong Barkas back in goals um, as well too. Uh, so yeah, Celtic should be looking to win that game. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's mm. a draw tonight. Is that still the diamond then, Andy Halliday with El Yunusi up front? Alongside yeah, I'm not sure. Either Griffiths. that or maybe four two three one with Christie playing off one of the wings. I'm not too sure. But uh, the diamond was a shape that that seemed to be working well for them for a couple of games, and, and they sort of get away with it. So not too sure. We'll, we'll certainly see at the start of the game how they're, they're setting up. But it's a, it's a strong team. They've uh, they've obviously got you know twelve of the thirteen that were isolating back, and, and yeah, like Mark said, it's it's as strong mm. as as they could possibly put out. But Obviously, uh, no odds in Edward, so you never know whether it's he's the one with the positive case or not. So, whoever it is, obviously, wish them well, but it's certainly a strong Celtic team. Yeah, and to be fair, this I is. see the Livy team. Sorry, Gordon, yep. just to say, is the Livy team full strength, or do you think, as is, is David Martindale looked at resting yeah, three well, or four I, ahead I, of the I, Cup semi final on Sunday? Yeah, I was just saying that uh, to Gordon. Scott Robinson's been outstanding over the, uh, yeah. the nine game unbeaten run. I think he actually won player of the month to. Two months in a row, if, if I'm not mistaken. Nicky Devlin tends to start games, yep. doesn't he? Scott Josh Mullen. Josh yep. Mullen certainly started the last few. So Craig Sibbled. And, and so, I don't know yep, where the, the goalkeeper is, but... Uh, Stryak, yeah, he's no... He's so McCrory's back few, in. And, so there's and, definitely a few changes. Uh, whether it's because yeah. the semi-final in mind or not, I'm not sure. But, it must be. Yeah, it yeah. must be. Just keeping a wee eye on, on, on Sunday. Because obviously we know Livingston are, are well safe. They're not going to go down. They're not going to be in the bottom two. So I think Davy has selected a starting line-up there with a view to uh, Sunday's Betfred Cup semi-final against um, St Mirren in mind. Yeah, uh, John's a Celtic fan in the East End. Just because you've been listening on, on the line, uh, John, what do you make of that team tonight? Is it a team that will get Celtic back to winning ways for you? Well, firstly, I'm assuming Edward's not there because of COVID, but then I'm assuming that. Uh, yeah, see, see to be fair, see on that. This is where, this is where it's a bit uncomfortable for, for me because I'm not sure we should really speculate about stuff like that when it's when it's people's health if they want to stay anonymous. But I get that it's unavoidable, John. Um, Edward's nowhere to be seen, but neither is Olivier and Cham. So maybe we shouldn't jump to conclusions that it's that it's one or the other. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's not there. He's not playing tonight. Yeah, and Olivier and Cham is allegedly his flatmate. So. That would kind of put two and two together and make four for me. So um, it, it does, in my opinion, put the, the Dubai thing into perspective and say that it was all a pointless waste of time. Whether you want to talk about performance, well, the performance clearly has not worked out. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's how I would look at it. No Edward, no no top strikers up front deb- debating whether it's going to be El Yunusi's it's a joke, quite frankly. Um, that, that's how I see that. Yeah. Well, that, that's that been the bit, Andy, that, that sort of particularly held Celtic back in the last couple of games because the defence was relatively recognisable. So was the midfield, and particularly the Hibs game. It just seemed to be once they got to that final third, that's where it broke down. And yeah. and fans were looking for that focal point to come back. It's came back in the the form of, of Griffiths, but alongside El Yunusi, it's still not a... It's, it's not that it's not a, an, an attack that excites John in the East End. No, when you say the last few games, they've not really had a recognised partnership throughout the full season. Uh, whether that's been injuries, form, or, or COVID or whatnot. But listen, at the start of the season, yeah, and, and Celtic going for for obviously ten in a row, you're looking at who could potentially be the key players, and and the main ones, Odson Edward. And I don't think throughout the full season we've we've mm. seen him anywhere near. He's he's uh, 
the standards he set himself and his, his full capabilities but you know goals have obviously been eluding them recently out with David Turnbull there's not really been anyone that's you know put a put a run of goals together but you know you know see someone that he had a period I think it was between sort of September October time when he came up with a few big goals for Celtic but you know they'll certainly look to, to try and get back into the goals tonight but you always fit you always feel as if Lee Griffiths is in the team he's got a run he's got chances you always find something to get a goal so uh, what was your other point tonight John? Um, it was I've heard a few Celtic fans the past few nights kind of try to you know defend Neil Lennon and defend the club and kind of have a go at the media and different things like that and, and my point is, is just I thought while, while I was hearing these other Celtic fans defend, defending this I thought well this is how I can I see it this is something that's popped into my mind and, and that was that when Kilmarnock and St Mirren as I believe were first kind of reprimanded for their breaches it wasn't so much the attention on their breaches and more so much the attention on their punishment and kind of feeling sorry for their punishment um, everybody kind of go oh, that's a bit harsh and then as soon as it's Celtic you know as far as I'm aware haven't been confirmed as breaching anything whether I, I like it or no um, if, you know Everybody has kind of piled on that. That's just, that's just the comparison that I would make. You know, as far as those two things, I would say, you know, are those two alike? Are they fair? That would be my comparison. There's obviously room for comparison, Mark. The difference is is quite an obvious one. Where Kilmarnock and St Mirren could not fulfil a fixture because of their COVID breaches, and Celtic didn't have that problem. However. That then does, to be fair, open up another debate because, well, Celtic have got a bigger squad so maybe it's not a surprise that they were able to carry on um, and, and play the fixture. So you, you can kind of compare them but th- there's that one big obvious difference which is that it did not cost Celtic a fixture. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any comparison uh, at all, John. I don't get your, uh, your argument um, at all and how you know there was sympathy for the punishment to, to St Mern and, and Kilmarnock but there's no... Sympathy for Celtic. Um, it's two totally different uh, incidents. Two of the clubs were docked uh, points, were, 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 were given 3 0 defeats automatically um, against them, which they've won an appeal, which are the right uh, decisions uh, for me. Celtic haven't been, you know, Celtic weren't told that they couldn't play against Hibs or couldn't play against Livingston and given automatic 3 0 defeats. They were still able to field a team, so no, I, I don't get where you're coming from on that. John? My, my comparison isn't from a, a punishment perspective. My comparison is from a public opinion perspective. Um, people phoned up this show. Uh, this is just my opinion. I don't really have much, you know, kind of information to back that up. No, me listening, people phoned up this show and kind of, you know, argued that's a bit harsh. You know, this, you know, this. Even though for what I heard was that these people breached the restrictions by sharing cars and whatever else, but the public opinion. Towards it on this show, if people call it in, kind of was, you know, it's a bit harsh. Do you know, think that's a bit, you know, too far. The SFA or SPFL, whoever the body is, it's kind of made this decision to get a bit too far. But as soon as Celtic committed their decision, which I do think the Dubai trip was wrong, primarily for the point, my decision in it is you are so far behind your opposition that you think that going to a warm weather training camp is what's going to fix that. No. Go train in the cold weather up in the mountains in Scotland. Go do that instead of going for a hot weather training camp and sitting by the pool and having a beer. Go train in the cold weather in the mountains and go toughen yourself up 
for the fight that you need to have for the rest of the season. Is it not all about perception, though, John? And you've just mentioned it because perception's everything, whether we like it or not. St Mirren and Kilmarnock, yes, they they had breaches and they were punished for them. They got they got the fines, as Mark Guidi mentions. Um, but there were things that. Since then, they, you know, the clubs have spoken and said that they feel that there are other clubs that may be struggling with the, the distancing side of things and facilities and and all the rest of it. And so there was a degree of sympathy there. It's a lot harder to get sympathy when you've dragged 60 members of staff on a seven-hour flight to Dubai in the middle of a pandemic, is it not? Is that is that not why the perception's different? I, I understand why the perception's different, but nobody has been dragged anywhere when they understand it is that the governing bodies have allowed it. Yeah, listen, okay, dra- dragged, dragged, was a str- dragged was a strong choice of word then, right? You've taken 60 members of staff to Dubai in the middle of a pandemic. Is it, does that not just feel a bit different from the Kilmarnock and St Mirren thing? Neil Lennon's press conference yesterday or the day before, whenever it was, was, was nuts. I could say that, but when he said that the government certainly could have easily turned around or the, or the GRG, whoever they are could have informed the club on the Saturday don't no, that's not advisable, that's that's not wise we, by the way, we're getting into this on Monday, that could have very easily been done, anybody can talk about the moral duty of Celtic Football Club to do X, Y and Z the moral duty is to look after the contracted football players and that, that's it the government's job is to look after the people of the country, so they could have easily, instead of pointing fingers and saying, no, you've done wrong, could have easily turned around and said, no, you should do this mm-hmm. before you do it. So they point the finger once they did it. And they're the people who are supposed to look after everybody. No Celtic Football Club, their duty is to look after the public. Their duty is to look after their players, and that's as far as I'm aware what they're trying to do. I mean, there's an obvious answer to that, which that, that, that hasn't worked either, because, well, two players have got it. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I do think that the, the joint response group and and you know the likes of Ian Max Maxwell have come under pressure and in, in, in some scrutiny as well. But you no, know, on the on the on the point, uh, uh, John's initial point, you can't uh, I can't elaborate any further than what Mark said. It's it's a completely different scenario to what to what Commander something went through. Right, look, 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 Kenno. Thank you to John. See for the five hundred people that are tweeting me right, and I I just blame somebody else. The question should have been who's the only Scottish player to play for Celtic and in La Liga, right? And then it's Ollie Burke because clearly there are loads. There's Henrik Larsson, Thomas Gravison. The list goes on and on. Um, so it should have been who. I should the, get a bonus point by the exactly, way. Exactly, you should. Uh, who's the only Scottish player to play for Celtic and in La Liga? Right. Okay. Sorry, it wasn't even my fault. But I'll apologise anyway. <laughs> Since, uh, since Mark process one Since apologies that No he was I, he wasn't, I checked no. he played yeah, he, he played for Tenerife But it was in uh, La Liga B there Or whatever you, uh, you call it right, yeah. Hopefully Hopefully we, we can find some Forgiveness out there Right 01419511025 uh, Since trivia is on our mind Got a good teaser for you uh, Coming next You might need a pen and paper uh, For this one What's on your mind on the phones though Good time to call us We could be speaking to you next Bowie at breakfast On the last show Topically we were giving out Presidential pardons Just looking at this just now You're such a disgraceful person <laughs> You're despicable <laughs> But I'm going to give you a pardon Because what else have I got to do <laughs> Yes get in there Graham yeah. you are pardoned Live from Glasgow Bowie at breakfast With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football Clyde 1 
taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi are here. We're building up to kick off between Livingston and Celtic. Remember, it's a much later kick off than normal. It's quarter past eight, which is perfect. That means you can stay right here and all the build up before you have to switch on your televisions. I do wonder um, if a certain Sky Sports pundit will be asked uh, for a response uh, to Neil Lennon. And, and that's the thing, Mark. This is where I do have a little chuckle when people say, well, why, why can you not just move on from Dubai? Because you think you've moved on and Peter Lowell speaks about it Then you think you've moved on And Neil Lennon Goes off on one about it You think you've moved on And then Andy Walker will respond So it's, it's, it's very easy from the outside To say stop talking about it But when some of the main characters uh, Keep chipping back in th- That's why it keeps rumbling on Yeah uh, it does I mean I, I don't know if, if Sky will, will, will put I'm sure Andy Walker is down for For co-commentary Um Tonight, whether they'll put him on the gantry. Remember, it's quite a tight build-up. Um, Gordon, eight o'clock on the air, and the kickoffs at eight fifteen. Whether they'll bring Andy Walker or not, uh, is Andy Walker going to apologise? I wouldn't think so. I don't think Andy Walker will apologise uh, for what he said. I don't. Th- I I don't think he'll feel the need that he has to apologise. Uh, okay, here is your full-time teaser for tonight. Haldy's been shown off, swaggering about the studio after he's beat the pundit victory. So let's see what he's got on this. This should be up your street. In theory um, But it might invoke Some bad memories for you So we're looking for John Smith wants to know Can you name the last 10 players This is tough by the way To score a double In a cup match Against Rangers Now if we need You know A bit of clues later on About what years and so on I will dish them out then But at the moment The question is this Name the last 10 players To score a double In a cup match Against Rangers So we're talking domestic Stuff you're not European Stokes mm. Anthony Stokes Yes What game was that I can't remember 2015 Scottish Cup final 16 16 aye. I know you've tried Told to you I, I know you've tried it. to Forget about it um, hey. Anthony Stokes Yes John Daly No Same same game though No Johnny Russell No Yes Johnny Russell Dundee United 2013 Scottish Cup That's a game I was thinking of Andy um, good team effort you two Good shout yeah, yeah, Good shout um, Did St Mirren St Mirren was that Three different scorers Was there a double in there Wasn't there More recently Aye Well that's the point You need to tell me No there was but <laughs> be really easy If I told you I've got them in front of me Um Yes Double barrel name Hoyle No 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 Jake Doyle Hayes It's not him No Mix Mix something Mix something Right you're right, he's been scoring most of St Mirren's goals recently I went through a good wee spell Nah, no, it was Mick something that I've Mick Conley No, 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 Mick, no like, Mick As in, it's some name <laughs> Like McDonald, uh, for example Ah, right, 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 right. God, No, McPherson, no McLaren You're getting closer, it's not McLaren Right, I'll leave that uh, with you We're looking for the last 10 players to score a double Oh, by the way, uh, Michael Harren no No I didn't score two in mm. St Johnson no, 3 now apparently, at apparently not Right we'll leave it there uh, Scott is a Rangers fan From Kirkintillic What's your point tonight Scott? Uh, first and foremost Good evening panel How are you all doing alright? Good Hope you're well Yeah it's, it's not really A Rangers point I've got Which I normally come on And talk about um, okay. I, I switched on the radio And I heard the line up For the Livingston And Celtic game And I think the The team The, the, the Livingston managers Put out uh, is absolute sheer arrogance of them, and I think very disrespectful. Um, and I'm not saying that as a Rangers fan because 
you know, that I'm worried that, you know, Celtic are going to win. I personally still think Rangers are going to win the league, so it makes no difference. See, for that reason, I, I, as a Rangers fan, I hope Celtic hammer them tonight for the sheer arrogance of putting a weakened team. If I was a Livingston fan, I'd be absolutely raging that I'd be up, I'm up for watching the game in Sky Sports and I'm watching a weakened team playing against Celtic at home at the home park. He's technically saying, as far as I'm concerned, he's technically saying I'm, I'm putting out a team and no baller if I win. So for that reason, he should be getting what he deserves. I hope Celtic hammer them. Wow. Uh, what do you make of Scott's reading of that situation, Mark Guidi? Uh, well, I think first of all, I would defend the right of any manager to choose uh, what he believes is a team that can get a result. They've also got, uh, for uh, in terms of Livingston, and Andy knows he's a former player. They they, they won the cup um, 15, 16 years ago or so when when David Hay was the manager. But um, they've uh, they've got a cup semi final on Sunday at Hampden Park. Uh, the chance to get to a, a national cup final, the chance to win a a major trophy. So. Um, it's easy for, for Scott to come on and say they're playing a weakened team but, but Davey Martindale could easily argue you know, the guys that I've, I've selected deserve their chance so I, I would def- I defend the right I always have done and always will do you might think it's a weakened team you might think oh you're, you know, you're doing it for, you do it for that the manager deserves the right to pick the team that he wants to pick Andy, I mean, it's seven changes, right, which which sounds dramatic, and, and the guys who've gone out, yes, a lot of them are main players, but to be fair, the ones that have come in, Jack Fitzwater comes in tonight, he's played 13 times already this season, so he's not he's not a complete reserve. Um, J. Manuel Thomas, big CV, good CV, he's played 12 times already this season. Robbie McCrory was the number one keeper, he's on loan from yep. Rangers, he's come in. Serrano is the one that scored that screamer at Celtic Park. Alan Forrest has come into the team, yep. arguably one of their main attacking threats. So yes, it's seven changes, but he's not... He's not gone up to the yeah. uh, MacArthur Glen Jack, and picked up seven randoms. I think to, Jack, to Hamilton, play. Jack Hamilton as well went on loan. I think it was his five and scored. I think it was 15, 20 plus goals. And, and let me send <laughs> did, you, did you like that? Because you chuckled. I like that line. Got, oh, oh, I mean, you, you've got a lot of qualities. One of them is uh, that you're funny. But oh, I actually thought, that that I, no, I liked that. I did. I liked you know what the worst I really of it is? I was scrambling around to remember the name of the shopping centre, and I just hoped I had got it right. So I'm glad that somebody liked it. One person's enough. Nah, yeah. listen, Scott. I think it's unfair. Uh, albeit Livingston have made seven changes, but the, still, still, certainly a strong enough team to go and, and, and compete with Celtic tonight. And uh, listen, at the end of the day, I think it's their first domestic cup semi final since. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was it was early two thousands uh, when I think it was Hibs they beat in the in penalties in the semi final. I think I, I was well, thinking that, just I, imagine it's a beat the pundit question two yeah. or four. Right, Scott. <laughs> well, yeah, on you go. The guys have been pretty clear on their side of it, but you don't agree. No, I absolutely don't agree. Now, your your um, your argument is they've got a cup semi final. They're professional football players. You, not all we've heard is well, it's fact. Livingston have won eight games in a row and they've drawn right. So all of a sudden, now they're, they're dropping five of the six best players that had them on that run for a game and you tell me they can't play tonight and on Saturday as a professional. How is this any different, Scott? Right, because. You're a Rangers fan Steven Gerrard is lauded Because he can make Seven changes um, And the squad rotation's brilliant And it shows the strength And depth that we've got So why is that okay For Steven Gerrard And it's not okay For David Martindale Especially When I've just referenced Some of the guys he's brought in Have been mainstays In his team anyway You can't You can't compare Livingston's squad To Rangers Exactly But it's all relative Surely it's relative Because Al, you know, whoever it may be, Julian Serrano might be to Livingston what Calvin Bassey is to Rangers. Surely it's relative. Right, let me ask you a scenario then, right? But let, let's say the last game of the season, 
Rangers have to play a team and that if we beat the team it gets Livingston to stay up and we go out and put out a half decent uh, a, a half weakened team or a half strengthened team whatever you want to call it and, and no caring about the other team about, we're, we're talking about oh, I, just, I'm, I just cannot believe it that I, I just can't it's believe not, the arrogance not, of this manager not, you're, uh, you're, you're, you know what you're banging a line to call him arrogant oh, you, do you know David Martindale do you know David Martindale? Right. Well, how can you call him arrogant then if you, if you don't know him? How do you, do you know? Do you know? Excuse me. Do you know? No, it's not. Do you know the background to his team selection? Do you know why he's left left out? Well, there you are. Then, so you don't even know the facts, and you're no, you don't know the facts, and you're I've not labelled him arrogant. You have, and your scenario about Rangers in the last game. She's nothing to do. Just like I've said, and I'll say all along. A manager picks a team that he feels is right for his football club. He doesn't pick a team. Uh, with a feeling of a duty of care to another football club in the league. So if David Martindale wants to make seven changes tonight, wants to make 11 changes, he's earned the right to do that. He's a manager of Livingston and he should not be called arrogant by you or by anybody else for doing so. But Scott, I still feel like you've ignored the personnel. You, you've focused very much on on the numbers, the number of changes. I've told you some of the guys that have come in. Fitzwater's played 12 times. Emmanuel Thomas has played 13 times. He's arguably their main number nine. Alan Forrest is Livy's top scorer this season. He's got 11 goals. He's one of them. So he's made a number of changes. Um, I can't possibly repeat my MacArthur Glen joke, but he's not He's not plucking players out, out of the, the youth team or the reserves, guys that have never had a game. It's seven changes, but it's players who've all been there. So what's the problem with that? I, I, I'm going to stand by it but I'm still using the word I call it arrogance it's absolute arrogance I'm actually doing that but that's my point Scott just try and answer directly on this what is arrogant about recalling your top scorer to the team now he's one of the changes and lots of them are similar is sorry that, I missed that sorry. What, what's arrogant about recalling your top scorer to the team Alan Forrest has 11 goals for Livy this season and he's back in the team well that's just one individual Right, but I've told you about the rest as well Emmanuel Thomas 12 appearances Jack Fitzwater 13 appearances Robbie McCrory signed as the number one keeper See the four or five players that he's dropped and, and rested that they're going to come back in on Saturday so they'll so you can bring in who you want but the ones he's rested is going to start on Saturday Again though so how is that different from when Stephen Gerrard decides that Stephen Davis is going to come back in on Saturday so he sits him out midweek how is it different? Because it's entirely different. How is it different? Don't oh, just tell me it's entirely different. How is it different? It is different. It is totally different. It's totally different because when we bring it, when we bring in players, up, they're, they're you can't back up your argument. No, there's an argument. We're bringing in like for like. I watched this game tonight, and I'll tell you this: I believe tonight that that's a weakened team they've put out, and I'm hoping Celtic mm. hammer them and give them what they deserve. It's not always like for like. Calvin Bassey sometimes comes into the Rangers team, so the various others that wouldn't play in the big games, Andy, I'll give you the final say on this. <laughs> Listen, see if Livingston go out tonight and do get scalped 6-0, then maybe there's a few Livingston fans that will phone up and they're, they're not too happy that they took that approach, but to that happens, like Mark says, David Martindale's got the right to pick whatever team he wants with a massive... Massive game ahead tonight And at the weekend against St Mirren I'm heartbroken Mark Stevie Sneddon's burst my bubble He says it's been sold It's just the Livingston designer outlet now It's not the MacArthur Glen The thing as well Just about that You know Scott's coming on here about You know the changes And it's not different to, to, to Rangers How many times has Scott watched Livingston playing? So how would he know the quality in the car? Just like the rest of us How does he know or how do we know? 
how certain individual players have trained in the past couple of days. Some might have looked up for it more than others. A couple might have wee tweaks, as Andy will know if, that, if that's the case. So, for him to come on, listen, if he doesn't like the team he selected and, and he wants to pick fault in one or two, fair enough. But to come on and call David Martindale arrogant and then being unable to back it up when you've challenged them, just some Scott up. He, he lacked credibility in his call. Just think we're being a wee bit unfair on on the guys that have been brought back in because, like I say, these are these are main main players or have been main players for Livy at times this season. But yeah, it is seven changes, so I get that that raises eyebrows. Thank you to Scott uh, in Kirkintilloch. If you're the type that keeps an eye on results down the road. Uh, in one of the big games Man City Have just gone a goal up On Aston Villa With 10 minutes to go Scotland's John McGinn Playing um, But he finds himself uh, A goal down And it was a Fairly decent strike Andy Halliday Yeah it was But some Seriously poor defending By Aston Villa uh, You know We get We take a bit of flack With somebody defending Up in our country But uh, Tyrone Mings Won't w- w- watch that again uh, Right How are you getting on With this teaser then We're looking for the last What was it The last 10 Louis Moult Connor McCarthy Oh my goodness No but again You're, you're getting there name Jamie McGrath Yes Jamie yeah, McGrath that's it, right. right name the last 10 players To score a double In a cup match against Rangers You've got Stokes and Russell You've just added Jamie McGrath Louis Moult Louis Moult What uh, double that was It was, was a game 4-2 four, four At Petaudry I can't remember if, I think it was a cup game It was Sam Cosgrove No I must have been the league just indulge me for a minute Because I'm obviously the type of saddle That I've watched that Louis Moult goal I don't know A few hundred times <laughs> Well I, I was in a different country at the time Oh so you're in Azerbaijan but no, no not, not so much But it just reminds me of that Of sort of where Rangers were at With certain things at that time Because the guy who gives the ball away For Rangers For it then to get put over the top For Moult Any idea who it was? Uh, Fabio Cardoso No nope. Aaron Neman Was that his name? Nemani? Huh? Do you remember? Do you remember no, him? I, mean? I don't know. Yeah, it, it, well, oh, I tell you, I do. Um, Man City Rangers. was it? Man City came yeah. on loan from. I I never played them, so I completely forgot. I ain't you only played a bit. Exactly. Like, you just forget I, that these uh, people were were there. And they, anyway, that, that's just me taking my own is, uh, thoughts. On Chief today, yeah. one? Uh No, but I'll give you some thinking time, and we'll speak to Dominic in Rutherglen next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Right, we're about to bring Dominic into the discussion But just to see if the, the break has, has done anything for you And by the way, Mark Guidi, I hope you know the amount of trust I'm putting in you tonight Because you're at home, so you could be Googling this You could be uh, looking up the answers But I trust you're not, you take these quite seriously no, so, uh, I'm the, not, I'm really relying on, on, on Andy Gordon I'm looking for uh, clues to be honest uh, It's kind of his area um, Name uh, the last 10 players to score a double in a cup match against Rangers in Scotland Jamie McGrath, Louis Moult and Anthony Stokes You've got Johnny Russell as well Dembele? No There is one Celtic on this list But we're going back Commons? No, we're going oh. back even further As in Samaras? As in to really obvious territory Larson? Yes That's as far back oh, as we're right. Yeah, 2001 League Cup semi um, That's the furthest back so good luck right. now that you know the, the, the scope. But there are tell a couple you what, tell more. You, it could be a massive shout. Four three Queen in the South. Mm, no. No mine. <laughs> no. Nope. There are oh, there are some that was Aberdeen. That was the semi final, was it no? Rangers, uh, no, Rangers, Rangers in the final. Rangers, oh sorry, Rangers was three two, was it no? Yeah, but no. Three two. No. Uh, I don't yeah. think there was a there's not a Queen of the South player on. There are some lower league players on here though. Falkirk. 
Mm. There are, right, I'll, I'll, I'll concede. I'll concede there is a Falkirk player on this and list. I played in the game because you no, didn't. Me as no, you, didn't. you didn't. You didn't. Right. You didn't. I don't know if you're sh- back. Yeah, I don't know if you're shouting at the TV or in the stands or whatever. But so it's not. No, Daryl Duffy. No, but I'd say that's probably the right era. So that's that. Do you remember the game mm-hmm. then? Lee Miller. Mm-hmm. No, you've remembered the game though. Twenty eleven, three two. He also played for Hibs. He's not from around here He's from a bit further afield Right okay I'll leave it with you Now A cup match Against Rangers In Scotland Bearing in mind Rangers were In the lower leagues And have played in the Challenge Cup as well You might want to bear that in mind I, I've been thinking the Challenge Cup as well But I don't think there's any That I was a part of um, No I don't think you were a part of this one This was a An infamous one Alright leave it there pr- Aloha Tiffany? Nope. I hope this is this guy still at Alloa. I'm trying to remember because you would have played against him at the weekend. Oh. No, I don't, I, I'm trying to think if he was in that Trout. team at the weekend. No, no, no. I can't remember no. if he's still. Uh, let me bring in Dominic in Rutherglen and see what his point is. Hi, Dominic. Hi, panel. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. What's your point? Uh, it's just a wee point about Callum McGregor I just want your opinions on it. Uh, I just think with we, we Scott Brown not playing as much anymore, I think. There's a lot of weight in the boy's shoulders And it's affecting his performances I mean, I'm a Celtic supporter He's a great player in my opinion He's been the architect of some of Celtic's biggest performances over the years And I just think looking at him the now He looks like a rabbit in the headlights at times He's trying to carry a team that's a different A living every week And I think his, It's affecting the whole team And I think I feel sorry for him And I, especially Andy Halliday He's played against him I just want to see What your opinions are on that Just quickly This guy's definitely Not still at Alloway anymore I forgot He's been gone for a, He's been gone for a while But anyway What's the no, point uh, Callum McGregor's a fantastic player He's uh, someone that's been a You know Just an outstanding performer For Celtic over the last few seasons And he's, he's, he's been one uh, That's been one of the more Surprising ones That's that struggled a late Because The number of games He's played for the club And his consistency Over the last two or three, uh, two or three seasons Is has been excellent. I do think he's a uh, he's, he's it's, it's difficult not having a settled partnership. I think he's played you know, a number of games with Scott Brown now, Sorrow, Christie, uh, Tumble since he's came into the team. But when you've got so when you've got as much quality as he has, you're still expecting uh, more from him. And uh, and listen, when the armband does come with an extra weight, but with the type of players and characters, I, I'd be expecting him to handle that and, and his performances to turn soon. You, have you noticed a difference yourself, Andy? Would you I, say I, I have? And but, I, uh, to be honest, I think it's been a number of uh, a Celtic players, but he's certainly one that's been the most surprising just because of how well and and how consistent he has been. Because I mean, the number of games he's played has has been remarkable. I think there was a I can't remember you you might remember the the the, the start. It was including the Scotland games, the the, the amount of consecutive yep. games he played. That's very very difficult to uh, do. It's, it's outrageous. Yeah, it is. It's very I, I, very I just, difficult. I'm not saying him out for bad performances, nothing like that. I just I just feel sorry for him. I, I think he looks a wee bit lost now. Uh, we're trying to carry a shambles of a team at the moment mm. with a different 11 every week and this and that I think it, it, as I said a minute ago it looks like a rabbit in the headlights at times and it's how just not like him Dominic, and it's affect throughout the team Sorry Dominic how much are you basing this on on the last couple of games because I was under the impression that you Celtic fans prior to that were feeling a bit better about the midfield you thought that Sorrow, McGregor Christie, Turnbull sort of diamond was, was looking a bit better no? No of course it does uh, it looks a lot better but I, I just mean in general, there's far too many changes uh, for week to week, and I think it, there's just too much weight getting put on Callum McGregor's shoulders. And for week to week, it just seems to be different tactics. 
Yeah, I mean, Mark, Mark Greedy, that's obviously been forced now because, you know, in the last couple of games, this is what I mean about what, what's what's next for Celtic in, in terms of the rest of the season. Is it about getting a really consistent team and trying to get points and somehow trying to claw it back? Or actually, are you trying to build? Are you trying to, I don't know if experiment's a strong word, but look for solutions going forward? What does the next couple of months have in store for Celtic if, like many people agree, the league is over? I think you probably need to split it into two, actually, Gordon. For 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 Neil Lennon and the players, it's about going out and and doing what they try to do every week, and and the demands on them to win every game, and that starts today. I don't what Celtic left is it seventeen league games or something. So their aim is to try and win uh, every league game uh, that, that that's possible. That's got to be uh, their aim. Away from that. As I said, Dermot Desmond's got his job to do now, his role within the club, and that's totally different. He can't go out and try and win football games, but he can affect and he can um, make decisions on some of the roles that key personnel hold within the football club. So it's two different things. Neil Lennon, these players, focus game to game. Dermot Desmond, does he want to make changes? If so, what changes does he want to make? How quickly is he going to make them? And how does he drive uh, the football club forward to to come out of the, the doldrums that they're currently in? Dominic, similar question to you then What What is it you're looking for between now and the end of the season? You might think, you can you know stop me if I'm wrong You might think that the league is still there and that it can be won But if not, what what, what can you realistically achieve then? No, the league's gone, let's be honest, that's gone um, I just think, any sort of consistency I mean, you need, you need to be consistent I mean, how is anybody, captain, say for, for example, Cal McGregor, standing can What's he meant to do when things are changing week to week to week? Uh, I mean, there's got to be some sort of consistency. Can't be changing things, tactics, personnel, everything expect to go on a winning run. You know what I mean? It's just, there's just no consistency there between the, the team lineups, the tactics. Nothing, there's nothing to give me any confidence to go, look, right, we've got a solid team. This is what we're going to play for the next few weeks and go on a run. It just doesn't, it's just no coming. Yeah, I know it's not right up there in the priorities tonight, Mark Guidi, but what will that be? So tonight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think that's now seven in a row where Scott Brown hasn't started. I mean, do we? how much do we see him again between now and the end of the season? I think Scott Brown will still have a role to play. Um, I think if if uh, Scott Brown wants a contract, I think he should be, he should be given one. Um, I think that, you know, again, as we expect Celtic to make um, changes at, at, at key levels within the club, then, you know, I think Scott Brown, knowing the place, um, you know, helping different people settle in, um, just giving that kind of uh, that, that kind of presence uh, to the football club, him, him being there. So, yeah, listen, in, in terms of football, I think he's still got, got things to offer. There's no doubt his best days are behind him. He's been an outstanding servant, an outstanding captain, but he still has a, a role to play. He can still be influential at, at, at key times for the rest of this season and certainly for next season. Is this How confident are you of, of a win tonight, Dominic? Because it strikes me as being a kind of tough place to go anyway. And then looking at where Celtic have been and, and where Livy have been, I just wonder if... If that's enough to make you think that Celtic might actually not win tonight, or is this should that team still have more than enough? I'm not confident at all about getting three points tonight. I mean, I'm hopeful, but I mean, there's nothing to fill me with confidence that we're going to go there and win three points. I, I just mean, how's Callum McGregor supposed to motivate a team with different personnel and different tactics every week? Stephen Gerrard's got his team out 
Same team talk every week and seeing near enough the same person. They know what they're doing. So Callum McGregor's having to readjust every week and it's having an effect on the whole team. Yeah, I do get that, Andy, but that's the point I was trying to get. I felt like Celtic were moving towards a bit of consistency. We were seeing Turnbull, we were seeing Sorrow, and and then Dubai came along in case you hadn't heard. Yeah, I hadn't heard that, so it's (laughs) interesting to know that one. But uh, no, listen, there's been a couple of periods, to be honest, this season when you felt as if Celtic's going to... Uh, sort of turn the corner and put our run results together. I think the the other one was was Aberdeen in the cup semi final because I think it was one of their real standout performances for the throughout the season. You thought they, they were going to run now, but not they're struggling and ultimately it's, it is down because too many of their, their players aren't performing. And uh, like I said, Callum McGregor's one that's maybe a, a little bit su- more surprising just because how consistent he's been for a number of years. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we're saying it's it's difficult when you're when you're you're chopping and changing, you're playing with different uh, partnerships. Tumble's doing it really well just now. You know, there's people being chopped and changed around him, but he's been the one that's uh, you know been stood up and been counted for. But looking at the Celtic team tonight, you do feel as if it's you know it's certainly as strong as it possibly could be. So uh, they'll, they'll be looking for a performance tonight Because it's still a big game Right, we are still a bit away from kickoff, Given this strange uh, start time in Livingston Thank you Dominic Hopefully you'll give us a call back And we'll speak to you soon uh, I better give you a couple of minutes on this teaser you two Because it is tough and you've got some work to do I've got what? I've got the Aloha one Right Spence Greg Spence, yes yep. Challenge Cup right. I was going to Is there any more kind of lower league ones? Yeah, there's a Del Lyle is it John Baird? No, it was a 1-0 Wraith Rovers, wasn't it? And Milo Lorimer's got the, the the two top... He's got the Falkirk one and I'll tell you the team for for. Not remember it. It was a 2013 League Cup, I think. Went to extra time. Oh, goodness. Dick Campbell's son, no? No, he's all, this guy's also played... Who has he played for? I remember him playing for Dundee. Fotheringham? Uh, no, I think he's a bit of a... I think for for he's... Sort of main club But definitely played for Dundee oh, did, they, did Alex Ray the, have him there? The wee uh, The wee striker uh, Yeah play, Our broth Played, played well. for our broth as well yep. Yeah In fact it's our broth yeah. Sorry is his main team Because he's had numerous yeah. spells there What's the initials? GS. Gavin Swanky Gavin Swanky, Gavin Swanky. Right yep, Gavin Swanky. The Falkirk one um, Bit of a kind of target man Like I say Played for Hibs oh, I'm going to get this wrong I think he's Possibly Moroccan Oh uh, <laughs> L, L Yes That's L. always a good Place to start L Aguilie or something Alagi, Yeah I'll give you that L Alagi, Yep L-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-L-A-G-A-